Greetings and salutations to everybody out there in podcast land. This is the Judo Chop Suey Podcast, and I'm your host, Judo Dave Roman. Very excited to be back behind the microphone once again. I'm I'm always excited to be back behind the microphone. I know it's been a, a few weeks here, but I've just, again, this scheduling here with people coming over to the house and stuff like that, it's very hard for me to get in the podcast. Plus, my real life has just been so full. It's It's been really crazy with my son. He's got band practice and he's got football games and, and rehearsals and things like that. So my weekends are pretty full when they're here. And even when they're not here, I've got work going on, and there's just there's just a lot going on. I've got a very very full life, and it got very full really over the past since school started uh, just a couple of months ago in August. So it's it's been pretty crazy for me, and it's not been easy for me to get behind the microphone. I'm hoping again in about two weeks to have my friend Judo Joe join the podcast once again. We'll we'll uh, tackle some more subjects that we didn't get a chance to tackle in the last episode because it just ran so long and I just didn't want to uh, make it a two plus hour podcast. But I'm back. I'm very excited to be here again. And there's a lot of things that I want to cover judo related. I don't anticipate this being a very long podcast. Well, long by my standards, I, I have to believe maybe I'll try and keep it around 35, 40 minutes and, and, uh, Get in, get out, talk about what's on my mind, and hopefully you guys will find some enjoyment out of that. Now, I was just talking about Judo Joe, and I happened to be training with him at his club, which is Ybor City Jiu-Jitsu in Tampa. That was about a couple of hours ago. They had an open mat for Judoka, and there were several different clubs that came uh, to Ybor City. From different places, some from the University of South Florida in Tampa and the University of Florida in Gainesville. And a a couple of other clubs, uh, I believe uh, two individuals came from Metro Orlando Judo Kai and and some from GTFL out in Venice, Florida. There was about 30 people on the mat and I got to tell you guys, I have not trained with that many people. In a very long time. I would have to say it's been about eight years for me. And I know there's some listeners out there and many of you who probably 30 adults on a mat is a normal class, but that has just not been my experience. And it it was incredible. I mean, well, for one, the one thing I learned is that I'm really not in very good judo shape at all anymore. I I've said it on this on this podcast before that being an instructor. Even an assistant instructor tends to take away from one's ability to train regularly, especially if you've got a full life like uh, like myself. But I didn't realize how far I had fallen off. I, I posted some videos on my Instagram account, which you can see at La Vida Judoka. And in those videos, I was exhausted, especially the last video when I was doing Rondori with Judah Joe's wife, Stephanie. I, I I could barely keep my arms up. I was just I was moving like a slug. I, I just was extremely tired, but I learned a lot that my fitness needs to be improved dramatically. I did Rondori with this fellow, uh the, the sensei of GTFL out in Venice. His name is Simon Childs. And he's got a profile on judo inside. So you know if you've got a profile on judo inside, you gotta be pretty good. And I'm I believe he used to be on the British national squad I think he's he has uh, uh 
quite a record. And I tell you what, man, <laughs> it's it is a whole different experience to to do Rondori with somebody who is so experienced. He's a he's a Rokudan, which uh, let me say, let me get this out there. This is the first time in my life that I've come across a Rokudan who is not wearing their red and white. Um, take that for whatever, however you want to take it. But this guy was incredible. I, I felt stupid out there doing Rondori with him. I, I really did. I mean, there was just nothing I could do. And, and granted, he's a he's a, a bigger, uh, taller, stronger fellow than I am. But it didn't matter. I mean, he could have been my height and he just would have made me look ridiculous. And I, I just felt so stupid. I was like, God, what am I, what am I doing on this mat with this guy? But he was a, uh, a very nice gentleman, and and I'm very pleased to have, uh, to have met him. And and the sensei for Metro Orlando Judo Kai, uh, Doug Clark. I was really impressed. Like he's he's older. I mean, he's got to be in his fifties. And man, his his judo is phenomenal. I, I I just didn't know how good he he was. I've I've been familiar with him, but I've never really seen him do judo. And and I I was I was impressed. I I I want to get out there over. I believe his club's over in Oviedo, Florida. I want to check it out and, and and maybe learn from him. Um, you know, well obviously I would learn from him. He's so much better than me. But I look. This was just an awesome experience. I want to thank everybody out in Ybor City Jiu-Jitsu. That's uh, Judo Joe Kaiser and and uh, Victor out in Ybor City. And you got Joey Best and Chris Reed. I, I really appreciate them opening their doors like this and giving all of us in, in the uh, Central Florida, South Florida area an opportunity to get together and train and it was just an awesome experience. The class was like over two hours long. And that's part of why I, I, I was exhausted too. I'd, I'd be two hours plus of judo. will get Even when I was in shape, um, that would get me. But yeah, I, it was just an awesome experience. And I'm really appreciative of that. If you want to check out the videos again, it's on my Instagram, at La Vida Judoka. So before I get into the rest of this podcast, I have what I like to call the housekeeping items to get to. Just this is a part of the podcast that I'm sure most of you just fast forward through to get to the other judo related stuff. But I like talking to you guys and that's what I'm going to do because damn it, this is my show. So I finished a show just the other night called Mindhunter on Netflix. I highly suggest you guys watch that. I, I, I'm not going to give it away, but it's a fabulous show and it's based on... on uh, the FBI and they're they're learning how to profile serial killers. Fantastic show. Highly recommend you watch it. I finished Orange is the New Black uh, a couple of weeks ago. The entire it took me months to watch every single episode, but one of the greatest shows on Netflix. I now I see why it's won all these rewards. I stayed away from it for years because I thought it was just only about women's prison and and how how interesting could that get? But that's a really good show. <laughs> A lot better than I would have thought, especially for a guy like me that likes action stuff and and things of that nature. Uh, Fantastic show. Lots of great drama. Lots of great funny points. Uh, Speaking of action stuff that I like, I finished The Defenders. That show sucked. I mean, it sucked at the end. It, It was really promising in the first four episodes. And it was really interesting to me. And if you're a Marvel fan and you like this kind of stuff, I do suggest you watch it. But good God, that show. I, I don't know if it's because I'm 
I'm over the whole ninja thing. Maybe I finally grew out of my fascination for ninjas and thinking that they're awesome. I, I don't know. It, it just, the end of the show was, was just not very well done. And it was a big disappointment. Um, but it's, it's almost like that's what I've come to expect from every Marvel show with the exception of Daredevil. So I, yeah, I finished that last weekend. I went out to the movies with my wife and saw Blade Runner 2049. Eh, it, it was good. It wasn't great. I would wait for DVD or DVD, Blu-ray. Is it? I don't even know what it is anymore. I, I don't, yeah, it's Blu-ray. So wait for Blu-ray or 4K or whatever, streaming. All right, I got some listener reaction that I want to get to. I, uh, I, I did receive some, some items, mostly... Mostly, you know, some messages saying, hey, doing a great job in the show. Keep the good work. I, I really appreciate all those little messages. I'm not going to read all of them. I want to give Ming from Hong Kong a shout out. I think he's the first listener of the podcast from Hong Kong. I mean, based on the stats and stuff that I that I have privy to through Podbean. I got this message through Instagram. So, Ming, I appreciate you checking out the podcast. Thank you very much. And just a reminder to all of you, messaging me on Instagram is the absolute worst way to get a hold of me because a lot of times the the Instagram messages are filtered. Unless I'm following you, a lot of those messages, they don't show up in my inbox until I actually open the inbox and see. Uh, it's I think it shows it as unverified message or, or a message request. So a lot of times I don't see those message requests. Uh, until uh, like a week later uh, so i apologize for anybody who reaches out to me via instagram and i'm and i'm slow to reply it's like the worst way to get a hold of me the best way to get a hold of me is at judochopsuishow at gmail.com where i received this really interesting email from a late a female listener but goes by the name of crazy sexy she goes dear dave i think you're so handsome and i'd love nothing more than to tie you up and while you what do you think xo xo wow okay uh what do i think i think i'm at a loss for words that's what i think <laughs> this is a joke are you kidding me Come on, get out of here. somebody's playing a prank on me all right i received another email uh, regarding my last episode it goes uh dear judo dave in regards to does judo factor into bjj promotions what about all the uh judo black belts that get promoted to bjj blue belt very quickly and to your point anonymous emailer i i do get that i don't think i was very clear in my in my um explanation of that and if i wasn't i apologize i do agree with you there's a lot of judo black belts that once they do uh once they get into brazilian jiu-jitsu they're very quickly promoted to blue belt but I guess my point was the judo skill set itself is not a factor in the promotion. So just because somebody can do Uchimata or or Ogoshi or things along those lines, uh, a jiu-jitsu instructor does not look at that and say, oh, you should be promoted to blue belt because you can do all of this. No, it's because of the... Generally speaking, uh, judo black belts can can hang with uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu blue belts. So their, their their abilities are being measured on their groundwork abilities. So that so if I got any if there was any confusion there, I apologize. And that that's the point that I was talking about with Joe. Or when I asked him that question, 
is his does his judo abilities ever factor into a potential promotion of brown belt and he said no and that and i think it should be that way but the the reverse is not true in my opinion if i see a if i see a brazilian jiu-jitsu blue belt come into judo and they're showing a a, a lot of proficiency on the ground and or maybe a purple belt not so much a blue belt but a, a well my point is, if a jiu-jitsu guy comes into judo, his abilities can definitely factor into a very quick promotion to at least Sankyu, in my opinion, if they're showing an aptitude for judo. I got another message on my Instagram from Cody. And if you guys, by Cody, I'm talking about the host of the Cody Jitsu podcast, which all of you should be listening to. I think he does an excellent job. It's a relatively new podcast. It's one of the few martial arts related podcasts that I listen to so if you have a chance hell just stop listening to this and go check out Cody's podcast he sent me this message um, on the Instagram because he wanted to share a photo of a it was a judo contest in the in the winner of this contest won by uh, with Oma Plata now if you guys remember in my last episode Joe and I had discussed whether or not uh, Ashi Sankaku Garami or or, or Oma Plata to you uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu guys was legal in a judo tournament. Well, Cody sent me this image um, through Hatashita Sports Judo on, on their Instagram page, and this this judoka clearly won. It was a, definitely a judo contest, and he clearly won with this technique with Oma Plata uh, for, for a submission. He held him down. He it was almost picture perfect. It did the right thing. Guy tapped out, ref called the pawn, winner right there. So looks like it's legal to me, and I it's one of those things that I've always argued. It's a technique that I always do if I have the opportunity to do it, and anybody who balks at that, I I usually just say, hey, you know, show me where it's illegal. Um, you know, and I've never had the I've never had any any issues of anybody complaining, but uh, but you know, if anybody were to do that, it, it would. I, that would just be my counter argument. Show me where it's illegal, because, like I said in the last episode, the um, ju- uh, judo book, best judo, definitely shows uh, demonstrates this technique. So I gotta believe there's some legality there, and clearly this ref, in my opinion, called it right. Now, before I continue on with the chief topic of this esteemed podcast, I got a favor to ask you guys. And no, it's actually not to solicit or to, to share the podcast. I mean, that would be nice, but that's not my, what I'm going to ask. I recently recorded myself doing Tayatoshi. And when I was doing Tayatoshi on this, uh, during this recording, there, it felt really good to me. It, it just, it felt right. I thought my timing was right. I mean, for, for a 42-year-old guy, I'm not super quick or anything like that. But I thought everything felt right about the technique. I was throwing somebody or practicing with somebody, throwing on a crash pad, somebody who's about 30 pounds heavier than me. Because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lightweight now. I'm about 154, 154 pounds right now. I've, I've, I've probably dropped about 10 pounds over the past uh, five, uh, four or five months or so. But it felt right. But when looking at the video... Something's not right, and and I can't I can't figure out what it is. Now, I understand my Tayatoshi will never look like Neil Adams. Uh, that's that's the gold standard as far as I'm concerned. I, I know maybe some of you other guys may argue other people, but for me, you know, I love the way Neil Adams does his Tayatoshi. 
I don't expect to look like Adams, but there is something about my Tayatoshi that I can't figure out what I'm doing wrong. I, I suppose to somebody who is not very experienced with judo, they may look at it and say, hey, it's it's fine. There's nothing wrong there. But I need somebody. I'm sure there's many people listening out there with a critical eye that can take a look at my Tayatoshi and point out what's wrong with it. It just... I don't know what what it is. There's like this herky jerky motion. I I I can't quite figure it out. It's not as smooth as I would like it to be. So I'm gonna share this link to the podcast YouTube page, and I'm gonna put it up there. And perhaps it's oh, it's only gonna be about a five second video. So it's not like you have to sit there and, and watch a bunch of dialogue or anything like that. It's just gonna be one technique. Maybe it would be better for me to put it in a GIF image. Um. I don't know if that's better. Probably not. But I'll put it up on YouTube and I'll link it on the podcast show notes. And maybe you guys can take a gander at it and, and let me know what's going on with my Taitoshi because something's not right in my opinion. And I'm curious to see what you guys see or curious to hear what you guys see. Now I want to get to the meat and potatoes of this episode. And I would like to have a discussion on World Judo Day, which is October 28th of this year. And I'm going to follow that up with the an event that's happening, an IJF World Tour event that's happening on that same weekend in Abu Dhabi. It's the Abu Dhabi Grand Slam. And I'm going to bring up a discussion that's going to be a little bit controversial. And I'm sure it's going to ruffle some feathers. But I feel uh, it needs to be said, and this is an issue that's been an ongoing issue for a while, and what I need to talk about, in my opinion, needs to stop as soon as possible. Since 2011, the IJF has been celebrating World Judo Day, which coincides with the birthday of Judo's founder, Jigoro Kano, Dr. Jigoro Kano. Since 2011, the IJF and World Judo Day has had a theme that's supposed to preside over the idea of a single day where judo is observed throughout the world. In 2011, the theme for World Judo Day was respect. In 2012, it was judo for all. 2013, it was perseverance. 2014 was honor. 2015 was unity. And 2016 was Judo for the World. The theme for World Judo Day this year is courage. So you have themes like unity, honor, Judo for all, respect. And these are ideals that are embodied in Judo's principles that Judo's founder, Jigoro Kano, wanted to have as part of principles that encompass what Judoka are all about. Now, if you want to take a look at what World Judo Day is about or more information on it, you can go to www.worldjudoday.com. It's a it's a sister site of the IJF.org website, and I believe there's several different languages that you can click through on this page. You could take a look at the different uh, links that they have on this site for World Judo Day, and they basically what they do is they highlight different clubs around the world celebrating World Judo Day and doing different activities that that involve an outreach or or just training on that day and and it's just it's just a single day you know maybe Christmas for judoka or something like that it's a single day where we set aside 
and you know we do outreach or or we take part in judo or, or something along those lines i know some clubs do outreach to their local communities it's just it's just about bringing awareness to judo and i think that's a really really good thing for myself it lands on a sunday and my sundays are usually pretty busy especially between the hours of 12 p.m. and about 4:30 p.m. i'm sure you guys know what that means for me but hey, if there's a local club around here that's open for for a judo session, you can be sure that I'm gonna uh, be there. And if the, if not, I'm gonna be watching the Abu Dhabi Grand Slam, and I'll do some ukemi in my driveway in honor of World Judo Day. How about that? Now, speaking of the Abu Dhabi Grand Slam, this is a IGF World Tour event that's going to be happening the same weekend as World Judo Day. So it's going to be happening from October 26th through the 28th. And it's going to be well participated. It's a big tournament. It's been a Grand Slam event for a number of years now. However, there is an issue that was brought to my attention that I think is absolutely despicable. And I'm going to talk about it here. And look, I want to say I have a lot of respect for the people in the IJF. I think they've done a great job, especially with banning leg grabs. <laughs> In all seriousness, yeah, I think the IGF does a tremendous job. I think their production and their presentation of judo to the to the rest of the world is superb. So, and I know there's people, I don't know who you all are, but I know there's people in the IJF that listen. And I appreciate the fact that you listen to this little podcasts over on the other side of the world and it means a great deal to me all that being said i came across an article a couple of days ago from the times of israel and this is something that has gone on for several years and in my opinion it needs to stop immediately and and somebody at the igf needs to have the cojones to take a stand against this kind of nonsense So here's the headline from the Times of Israel. Israel says judo team barred from wearing national emblems in United Arab Emirates. The article goes on to say Israel on Monday denounced the decision by the organizers of a major judo tournament in Abu Dhabi preventing its team from wearing national emblems and from playing of its national anthem. Organizers demanded that the 12 Israeli judokas participating in the mixed Abu Dhabi Grand Slam from October 26th to 28th Uh, will not wear ISR on their uniforms and that the Israeli national anthem will not be played if they win, according to Israel's sports minister. Quote, the demand to appear without symbols is contrary to the mandate of international sports associations, the main aim of which is to separate politics from sport, culture and sports minister Miri Regev wrote in a letter to Thomas Bach, president of the International Olympic Committee. It is the obligation of any country which has the privilege privilege of hosting an international competition to allow the competing athletes to represent the the country honorably while ensuring their security. Now, the article goes on to talk about how Israel and the United Arab Emirates do not have diplomatic relations, as with the case of, uh, which is uh, the case with many Arab countries. That's not important. Uh, I I don't care. I've heard that argument before, and I think that argument is bullshit. 
And I remember last year, the article goes on to talk about uh, how Or Sasson of Israel was refused a handshake after defeating uh, uh, Egyptian judoka Islam el-Shababi. And, you know, look, I'm not going to get political here, but this is a serious issue to me. And this goes against everything that Jagoro Kano stood for. And I want to read a quote that I saw on Reddit, and it was shared by uh, a fellow whose name I won't even try to pronounce. <laughs> you know who you are. It says, Judo should be free as an art and science from any external influences, political, national, racial, and financial, or any other organized interests. And all things connected with it should be directed to its ultimate object, the benefit of humanity. That is a quote from Dr. Jagoro Kano, and that is what he wanted for judo. That's what he wanted judo to be. Now, look, I got to say this. Considering this tournament is being taken place on World Judo Day, where the theme is courage, where is the courage from the IJF to stand up against this nonsense, against a group of people to deny them their right to wear their flag? Or to play their anthem if they win? Where is the courage from the IJF to just simply refuse Abu Dhabi to have any more Grand Slam tournaments in their country? I just... Where is the person to stand up for those group of people? To stand up for what's right? And look, you substitute any other race, ethnicity country and the outrage would be a lot louder but for some reason when it comes to israel it's like ah eh, who cares they're just jews right i mean that that's 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 the overall impression i get whenever i hear stories like this it doesn't matter when it comes to jewish people and i don't understand it and i don't care to understand it i don't care about the middle east politics and everything that goes on i'm not saying that Israel is free of blame, but give me a break. You you look throughout the history of the world, and it seems like the Jewish people of throughout history has just been ostracized, and people accept it. But when it comes to other races and other nationalities and other religions, it's not that big. It's a it's a much bigger deal for some reason. Judo needs to be inclusive and not exclusive. You know, I remember a couple of years ago, actually not more. It was probably about eight or nine years ago. We had a, a, a girl come into the class. Uh, she was probably about 16, 17 years old. She was Muslim. And she came in wearing a hijab. And we were all very welcoming and all very accommodating to her wearing her hijab, uh, hijab. Because that is what judo is about. To bring people in and accept them for who they are, where they are at. Through no circumstance of their own did they choose to be born in a country that where women have to wear a hijab. She didn't choose that life. That's what she has to do. The people who are on the Israeli judo team, they, they didn't choose to be born in Israel. That is their country. And I think it's a shame to ostracize these people for reasons that go far beyond sports. And it, politics and sports should not mix at all. Certainly not in this way. 
Now I know there's people, you know, lately in the NFL, people are taking a a kneel, a, a knee during the national anthem. Those are particular individuals taking a stand for something that they believe in. Now, former world champion Yarden Gerby of Israel uh, had a lengthy uh, post on her Instagram page where she goes into the reasons why Israel cannot boycott this and they have to go to this event under these conditions because, as she puts it, and it's true, not attending this competition will cause a problem for the Olympic qualification and therefore the team must compete. So it's important for Israel to show up here. They've got a very strong judo team led by Tal Flicker in the under 66 kilo category. And they've they've got uh, Gili Cohen is another strong judoka. I believe she's in the under 48 kilo division. You've got Noah Minsker, who is uh, she's ranked sixth in the world in the under 52 kilo division. I've seen uh, Shmaliov in the under 66 kilo division. He's he's eight, ranked eighth in the world. And of course, you got Or Sasson, who won the bronze in the Olympics. He he competes in the under 100 kilo division, I believe, or over 100. Um, he's ranked uh, 17th in that division. So look, Israel's got some pretty strong uh, competitors in the under 73 kilo division. You got Tohar Bull. Um, he's ranked number nine. I mean, you've got Israel's got a very strong team, and they need these points to, in order to qualify for the Olympics. It's, this is a again, it's an IGF World Tour event, but to make them wear the generic IGF back patch, to take their flags off of their uniforms, and to not play their national anthem. Look, in my world, and in my worldview, that's wrong. And if your response to that is, well, it's only a flag or it's only a national anthem or, well, they really don't have diplomatic relations. If that's your response to that, then you're a coward. I'm sorry to say. And I would feel the same way if this was some other country like Saudi Arabia or Egypt or whoever. I would feel the exact same way. It's not right. And I don't want to hear this bullshit that it's not a big deal. Because if you were to tell Saudi Arabia that that girl who wanted to compete in the Olympics, and she did, if you were to tell her, hey, you got to take off your hijab because of safety reasons or whatever, you know, the, the, really at the time that was the argument and people were outraged at the argument. But yet when it comes to, again, when it comes to Israel, for whatever reason, people don't give a shit. And, and it just, it's unacceptable to me. Yarden Gerby goes on to say, Hiding the flag and our nationality will not hide who we are and where we come from. Everyone knows that the Israeli athletes with or without a flag. And she's right. Because Israel's got a good team. So, you know, for me, for this weekend, I know the United States is sending about five athletes. But for me this weekend, I'm going to be rooting hard for Israel. Especially for Tal Flicker, who is ranked number two in the world in the under 66 kilo division. And let me tell you. I hope he wins every single match by Ipon and he gets up on that podium and smiles as a chorus of boos rains down while instead of hearing the Israeli national anthem, the Superman theme starts playing. And for extra measure, as the crowd is raining boos and they're getting really upset, he puts both palms up facing upward and raises his hands in the air to make them boo even louder. I mean, that would be an incredible scene. 
And then for extra measure, I would love nothing more than to see him reach down into his pants, whip out an Israeli flag, and runs around the arena with the flag around his neck, flag waving right behind him while the Superman theme plays over the loudspeaker and everybody booing him because he's just throwing it in their face, the absurdity of denying their identity in this judo tournament. Now, of course, granted, that's just my rage dream on behalf of somebody else inspired by when Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik used to wrestle in the WWF. And for you guys that don't know the gimmick, it was, the gimmick at the time was that Iran and the Soviet Union were allies and they would come down to the ring. Both those gentlemen would come down to the ring waving Iranian and Soviet Union flags, telling the American audience to shut up so that Volkov could sing the <laughs> Soviet national anthem. It was brilliant. Those guys were great heels. And of course, look, I know somebody like Tal Flicker would never do anything to throw this kind of thing in the face of of uh of the crowd in Abu Dhabi because judo is about bringing people together and not not being divisive but of course I can dream a little bit can't I I think that would be awesome but that's just kind of the wrestling fan in me you know typical american type fan you know wanting to shove everything in everybody else's faces but I'm not really like that in real life I I don't talk trash on the mats or or anything like that. Maybe on the basketball court when I was younger. But that was about it. Alright, so looky here. It's uh, about 33-34 minutes into the podcast. I said I would keep this podcast under 40 minutes. And I managed to succeed. Hopefully, I didn't ramble on too much about different things. I'm looking forward to this evening. I'm taking my family out to dinner at this place called American Eats. It's uh, They've got some great hamburgers and some fries and some nice... Uh, beer selections so it's a it'll be a nice way for me to recuperate some of the lost uh weight and and proteins and calories that i lost in my two plus hour session doing judo today so i had a like i said before had a great time looking forward to that with my family i um next i already confirmed with judo joe i'm looking to have him be part of the podcast again in about uh, two weeks uh, from this time. And we're going to be, like I said before, continuing the discussions on things that I didn't get around to the last time. want to talk about the difference between judo and Brazilian jiu-jitsu in terms of fashion. Joe was telling me something interesting a couple of weeks ago about how fashion is a very big thing in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and I thought that was really fascinating I wanted to discuss that I I didn't really know that I mean I know there's a lot of gi manufacturers and stuff but I just didn't know it was that big of a deal Uh, it was kind of interesting to hear his perspective on it and I also want to talk to Joe about the differences in how Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu treat being tapped out if you're a higher rank versus Somebody in judo being thrown uh, if you're a higher rank than the person you're training with. I I, I want to delve into that. It's something that I didn't get a chance to the last time he was here because, again, I just didn't want to have it be a two-plus-hour podcast. But I'm looking forward to that. We're going to be discussing other things. You can be sure that Joe and I, I, I would love to get Joe's perspective on how the training went. Um, well, it'll be by the time we talk about this, it'll be two weeks. So um, I, I'll catch up with Joe 
uh, on the podcast and we can discuss that. I'm going to be going to the local library to record it. So perhaps the audio is going to be sounding a little bit different than what you're used to. I, I simply can't have a co-host in my home and pretty much when that happens, then I have to pretty much tell my family to shut up and not make any noise and got to get the dog out and stuff like that. So I don't like doing that to my family because they're they're nice people, you know, because they're my family. All right. So with that, I'm going to shut this thing down. I hope you have a great week. I hope you have a great time training in your local classes, whether it's judo or Brazilian jiu-jitsu or sambo or whatever the case may be. Train hard. Stay safe out there. Until next time, I'm out. Open Gangnam Style. Gangnam Style. Open Gangnam Style. Gangnam Style. Open Gangnam Style.